0: Let's look at the following verses. Allah says, qad kanat lakum, certainly there is for you uswatun hasana. An excellent pattern, an excellent example to follow. The word uswa, we did this word earlier in Suratul Ahzab also. Remember that it's used for an example that is followed, whether it is good or bad. Basically, the word is from asa, hamza sin ya or wow, and asu is to dress a wound. Okay? Just imagine a wound and then you're dressing it. You're cleaning it up and then you're putting bandage around it. This is asu to console someone. All right? And it the asabi, meaning he was patient. How? By taking an example from someone. If you are ever comforting a child all right, when they have gotten injured, how do you comfort them? How? By telling them about how you got injured. Correct? So when you tell them about how you got injured when you were a kid, and how your injury was much worse, you even had to get stitches, or you got a fracture or whatnot, and there was so much blood, then when you tell them that story, do they relax? Yes, they relax. Because what do they feel? That I'm not the only one suffering from this. Isn't it? And they feel that worse things have happened to other people this is the Asabi that to find comfort regarding your situation how by looking at the example of others this is the asa and from this is uswa Uswa is an object of imitation an example meaning something you can take as an example so that you will find comfort this was a very Painful situation You see for the Muhajireen, This was what? Going to Makkah Possibly engaging in a battle And fighting who? Your own family members Putting their lives in danger This was very painful This was very difficult So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Reminds them That they are not alone In their suffering There are others Before them Who suffered Much more who were in a similar situation. So what did they do? Take their example. Allah says, قَدْ كَانَتْ لَكُمْ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ فِي إِبْرَاهِيمِ In Ibrahim عليه السلام. وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ And also those who were with him. Who was with him? Those who believed in him. And who believed in Ibrahim salam? A lot of people? No. When he left his hometown, there were only two people that left with him. Only two people who had believed in him. The great prophet of Allah, Ibrahim a.s., Khalilullah, had only two people who believed in him. And who were they? Sarah, his cousin, who became his wife. And Lut salam, his nephew, who later became a prophet also. So Allah says, there is an example for you, a beautiful example for you in Ibrahim and those who believed in him, meaning Sarah and Lut. إذ قالوا when they said to their people, which people? Ibrahim alayhi family, their hometown, right? So they said to them that, Inna indeed we, بُرَاؤُ مِنْكُم, plural of the word bari. Who is bari? One who is dissociated from someone, has nothing to do with the other. We are completely dissociated from you, meaning there is no relationship now between us and you. And also from that which you worship besides Allah. Meaning we take no responsibility for it. We have no affection for it. We don't agree with it at all. كَفَعْنَا bikum. We reject you. We reject you as in your false beliefs, your actions, your manners, your way, your lifestyle, we reject it completely. Wabada. And it has become apparent. It has appeared. Bainana between us, وبينكم, and between you, al-Adawatu,. Enmity and hatred. Adawa is the opposite of friendship. There's no friendship now. Barda is the opposite of love. There's no love. Between us and you. Abadan. Forever. Hatta until تُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ Until you believe in Allah alone. Ibrahim and those who believed in him said this to their people. Now this is a very big statement. And this is from where the concept of wal Have you heard of it? Love and hate for the sake of Allah. This is where it stems from. It is basically taken from the surah, from these verses in particular. That you declare your love and affection and friendship to someone. Why? Not because you like who they are, you like the way they speak, you like their family. No, because of their religion, because of their belief in Allah. And that you declare dissociation from someone and hatred for them. Why? Because of their rejection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the concept of al-wala wal-bara, what does it mean? Love and hate, for the sake of who? For the sake of Allah. That you love someone, why? Because of Allah. And you hate someone, why? Because of Allah. There's no other standard. So Ibrahim and those who believed in him made this declaration. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِلَّا قَوْلَ Ibrahim, except for the statement of Ibrahim, لِأَبِيهِ to his father, that لَاَسْتَغْفِرَنَّ لا لَكَ I will surely seek forgiveness for you. Ibrahim a.s. made this promise to his father, right? That I will seek forgiveness for you. وَمَا أَمْلِكُ لَكَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ But I do not possess for you, meaning I do not have any power for you, meaning to benefit you, مِنَ اللَّهِ against Allah مِن شَيْءٍ in Anything. Meaning, even if I seek forgiveness for you, I cannot protect you from Allah's decision. At the end of the day, if you don't have your matters fixed with Allah, I am of no use. And when they made this declaration of dissociation, what did that mean? Ibrahim alayhi salam and the two who were with him were basically on their own. So they said, O oh our Lord, upon you we have relied. Wa ilayka anabna. And to you we have returned. al الْمَصِيرِ And to you is the destination. Our total reliance for our safety, well-being, future is on who? On you, O Allah. We trust on you. And we turn to you, meaning in repentance and in seeking help. And to you is the destination, meaning in the hereafter, we're coming back to you. So we leave all of our affairs to you. We surrender all of our affairs to you. Now remember that this declaration of bara'ah, of dissociation, was not on the first day. Okay? Many times what happens is that some Muslims they think that if there is a person who is a non-Muslim, that I'm supposed to hate them. And if I'm supposed to hate them, it means that I should not show any respect to them, I cannot talk to them, I cannot treat them well, you know, their life, their property is not safe from me. This is what they think the concept of baraa means. And this is not the correct understanding. Ibrahim alayhi salam did not make this declaration on the first day. When did he make this declaration? When his people had thrown him in the fire. And that was also not on day two. It was after a long time that they decided to burn him. Correct? And when he came out saved from the fire, he went back. And when he went back, his father said that if you do not go away, because we tried to get rid of you, it didn't work. So if you don't leave, we are going to dig a hole in the ground, put you in it, and then we're going to stone you to death. He said, I am going to stone you to death personally, meaning I'm not going to leave you until you are dead. Ibrahim own father said this. So when he was showing so much enmity, do you think it would be wise for Ibrahim and those who believed in him to take the protection of that nation? No. If his own father had turned against him, who do you think would shelter him? Nobody would. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, he made this declaration, and he left. And remember, leaving was not easy. Because what place was it that Ibrahim alayhi salam went to, and he said, okay, this is my home now. This is where I'm going to settle. This is where I'm going to stay. Ibrahim alayhi salam. from there, he went to Egypt. What happened in Egypt? Remember the king over there? He captured Sarah, and he wanted to do something evil. Right? And then basically, he left from there. He goes to Asham, And then from there, he is asked to take Hajar and his son Ismail, leave him in Makkah. Sarah is in Asham, and Hajar and Ismail, where are they? In Makkah. And how many times Ibrahim alayhi salam traveled back and forth, back and forth? He was a traveler. Isn't it? So, Ibrahim, alayhi salam, when he left, remembered leaving was not easy at all. This was not easy at all. And this is why he says over here, wa ilayka anabna wa ilayka al-masir." So did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help him? Yes, he did. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him success? Yes, he did. Did he need to rely upon his father? No. Not anymore. We learn in Surah Maryam ayah 46 that Ibrahim when he left... We learned that his father, he said, قَالَ أَنْتَ عَنْ Ibrahim La Illam Tantahi La وَهْجُرْنِي If you don't stop, I am going to stone you to death, so leave me. Go away. So Ibrahim a.s. he said, قَالَ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكَ سَأَسْتَغْفِرُ لَكَ رَبِّي Peace be on you, meaning I'm going, and I will seek forgiveness for you from my Lord. And this is also something we need to remember. That even though Ibrahim a.s. declared dissociation, he still wanted good for his father, for his people. And he said, I will seek forgiveness for you. And did he? Yes, he did. As we learn in the Quran that finally, when Ibrahim salam's father died like that, then Ibrahim a.s. was forbidden from seeking forgiveness for his father. فَلَمَّا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ In Surah at tawbah Ayah 114, this is mentioned. That Ibrahim salam would seek forgiveness for his father. Why? Because of the promise that he had made. But when it was evident to him that his father was an enemy to Allah, that's it, he stopped. Now, the thing is that there are two options. Either you leave the dunya for Allah. And by dunya, I don't mean the things of this world, but also sometimes people. You have to leave them for Allah. Because your deen and those people or that dunya cannot coexist. It cannot. You have to make that decision. What are you going to leave in order to be at peace? Either you can leave dunya for the sake of Allah, or you can leave Allah for the dunya. You can make that decision. You have the choice. Here, Ibrahim salam, what decision did he make? He left the dunya for Allah because who is Allah he is ever living and what is the dunya and its contents and its people what is their reality what is it it's temporary and it's of no value you know you put in so much hard work you spend so much time making something fixing it and what is its end finished you know just yesterday my son he wanted to make this puzzle 1000 piece puzzle all right, And he knew he couldn't do it on his own And he wanted everybody's help The whole family's help So we're like, okay The whole family sat We started working on it It was extremely difficult right? So much so that we've done only a tenth of it probably by now Because tiny pieces all right, Weirdly shaped And on top of that The picture is also extremely detailed Right, It's a picture of fall So you can imagine All the leaves and the water and everything So as we're working on it somebody threw something in the air and it landed straight on the puzzle and it fell on the ground it fell on the ground and i was just thinking about how long as a family we spent working on it looking at each and every piece trying to fix one with the other right firstly taking out all the pieces then putting them all out straight and then you know grouping them and then you know working on it and it all fell apart in just one moment. That's it. One moment. Is it worth it? It's not worth it. No matter how precious, no matter how valuable it may seem, it's really not worth it. So these are two decisions that we can make. We have to make a choice. Either leave the dunya for Allah or leave Allah for the dunya. Be wise. Ibrahim a.s. made the wise decision. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over here that you have an excellent example in Ibrahim salam to follow. Ibrahim a.s. as he left, he made dua. Rabbana. Him and those who were with him, they made dua. That, O oh, our Lord, لا تجعلنا. Do not make us fitnatan. A fitnah kafaru For those who deny. Do not make us a fitna for those who deny. What is fitna? What is fitnah? Means two things, basically. One, either torment. Secondly, trial. Test. Alright? So, torment, persecution. Remember, وَالْفِتْنَةُ أَشَدُّ مِنَ الْقَتْلِ So, persecution, torment, torture. Because remember the basic meaning of the word fitna, to burn something. Alright? We learn that the people in hell will also be told, ذُوقُوا فِتْنَتَكُمْ Taste your fitna. Meaning your punishment, your torture. Alright? So, firstly, do not make us a fitna for those who disbelieve. Meaning, do not make us objects of torment for them. That they torture us. And they persecute us. Do not destroy us at their hands. Do not give them power over us, so that we are subjected to their you know, before them, and they torture us, and they humiliate us, and they hurt us, and they harass us, and they continue to do that. Oh Allah, don't let that happen. رَبَّنَا لَا تَجْعَلْنَا فِتْنَةً لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Don't allow us to suffer at the hands of those who deny. You see, because this is a time of extreme fear. Remember the Muslims in Medina, this was a very frightening situation for them. So, رَبَّنَا لَا تَجْعَلْنَا فِتْنَةً لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا and Ever. if a person finds himself weak before those who oppose him for his deen, this is what he should say. That, Oh Allah, don't let me suffer at the hands of these deniers. Don't let them have fun harming me. Don't let them have the opportunity to hurt me regarding my well-being, my dunya, my safety, my wealth, my life. Don't let them hurt me. secondly, لا فتنة للذين كَفَرُوا Don't make us a test for the disbelievers. A test. Now what is a test? A test is basically a difficult situation that makes you wonder if what you're doing is right or not. So don't make us a fitna for them, meaning an object of trial for them. That if they prevail over us, they begin to think that they are right and we are wrong. So we would be a trial for them. In the sense that we would become a means, our failure would become a means for them to think that Islam is wrong. You understand? When they will see that the Muslims are weak, then they would think that they are right and the Muslims are wrong. So, لَا تَجْعَلْنَا فِتْنَةً لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَاغْفِرْ لَنَا رَبَّنَا And pardon us, O oh, our Lord, forgive us. Because this is true. We are not innocent of our mistakes. We have made our mistakes. And if you do put us in some hardship, in some difficulty, in some fitna in this world, then yes, we are worthy of it. Because we have made many mistakes. We have committed many sins, many offenses. But you can also pardon us our Lord, Lana al Aziz al Hakim, indeed you are, it is you who is Al Aziz al Hakim. Al Aziz the one of Izzah, the one of might and honour, and Al Hakim, the one whose hukum prevails. al Aziz al Hakim. لَكُمْ certainly there is for you. Fihim in them Uswatun Hassanatun, an excellent pattern, meaning follow them. Follow the example of Ibrahim Choose Allah. لمن كان الله But this example is for who? Who will follow it? The one who hopes. The one who has hope in who? Allah. The one who wants? Allah. al Akhir And the last day. Whoever it is that wants to draw even closer to Allah. Whoever it is that wants to be successful in the hereafter, then what should they follow? The example of Ibrahim a.s. وَمَن يَتَوَلَّ And whoever turns away, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْغَنِيُّ الْحَمِيدُ Then remember that indeed Allah, He is free of need, praiseworthy. Meaning Allah is not in need of that person anyway. If someone compromises on their religion, on their faith, sells it for the sake of worldly benefits, has Allah suffered any loss? Not at all. He is ghani, He is rich and he is hamid always praiseworthy allahu, asa it is hoped meaning perhaps it is possible that allah will ayaj'ala baynakum that he will make between you and between those people whom you have enmity towards meaning your enemies basically minhum from them from the Makkans. it is quite possible that allah will make between you and your enemies mawaddah Love Because you see, this was a very difficult lesson being taught over here. That do not take the mushrikeen as your protectors. Do not do that. But remember that many of these people were blood relatives. And right now, there were enemies. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying over here, don't compromise on your religion in order to please these enemies. Well then, you feel like you've lost so much. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us hope over here. That yes, today these people are your enemies. But it's quite possible that tomorrow, Allah will put love in their hearts for you. The same people who hate you, tomorrow they become your best friends. Because hearts can change, right? Can they? Do feelings change? Yes. This is why Ali radhullahu anhu, said that when you hate someone hate them moderately. And when you love someone, love them moderately. When it comes to people. Right? When you love people, love them moderately. Because it's quite possible that the one whom you love today becomes who? Your enemy tomorrow. You understand? And the one whom you hate today, it's possible that in your hatred you do such crazy things and tomorrow they become your friend. And then you're embarrassed over what you did and said. You understand? So... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying over here that it's quite possible that these people, they'll become your friends tomorrow. Wallahu qadir Have hope in Allah. Allah is capable. He can do it. He's all able. He can change hearts. Wallahu غَفُورٌ rahim. And Allah is forgiving and merciful. Forgiving for what? For what they may have done in their ignorance. He's rahim, He's merciful. What does this mean then? that your losses in the way of Allah, what are they? Temporary. Anything that you give up in the way of Allah, remember, it's just temporary loss. It's not even loss, actually. It's just temporary separation. That's it. Because whatever you gave up in the way of Allah, either Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you something else in its place, or Allah will bring that same thing back to you. He will. He can. Wallahu qadir Ibrahim a.s., he was ordered to slaughter his son. Right? And he attempted to do that. This would be a huge loss, something very difficult and very painful, emotionally, for Ibrahim salam. Remember how badly he wanted a child? Finally he had a child, he was told to leave him. And then when he grew up, he was able to run around. Ibrahim is is told that he had to slaughter the child. And he was about to. But what happened? Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replace that child with something else to slaughter? Yes. So this is, you know, whenever we are put in a difficult situation where we have to choose between Allah or something of this dunya. This is just a temporary condition. It's gonna pass very quickly. Very quickly. It's just a few moments. If you choose Allah, you're never gonna lose. Never. Because whatever it is that you're gonna leave right now, Allah will give you something better in its place. Allah will repay you sooner or later. In this dunya, and if not in this dunya, definitely in the akhir. And if you choose the dunya, then you have suffered. You have deprived yourself. So, Wallahu Qadir, you know, just underline these words. Wallahu Qadir. He's capable. Do you doubt His power? you doubt His qudra? Now think about it. Abu Sufyan, at this time, he was a mushrik. Right? When the Muslims made their way to Mecca, conquest of Mecca happened, and Abu Sufyan, he embraced Islam. Didn't he? He did. The same people who hated the Muslims, now became Muslims. They had love for the Prophet ﷺ. So it's just about being patient for some time, and having hope in Allah. Then Allah says, "La Allahu." Allah does not forbid you. Forbid you from what? From being kind to words and from being good to words. Who? عَلَى ladina With those people who, meaning those disbelievers who, لَمْ يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ فِي الدِّينَ Those disbelievers who have not fought you concerning your religion. And this is important, Fi. They may have fought you for other reasons. There may have been some family feuds and whatnot. But they don't have a problem with your religion. Alright? وَلَمْ يُخْرِجُوكُمْ And they did not expel you من from your homes. So Allah does not forbid you أَن That you be good towards them. وَتُقْصِطُوا ilayhim And that you act justly towards them. Allah does not forbid you from being good to such non-Muslims or from being fair to such non-Muslims because in the previous ayat where we see that the concept of baraa is mentioned the declaration of dissociation is mentioned it can be very easily generalized and many people make that mistake they view every non muslim as someone whom they should hate right someone whom they should not trust someone whom they should not be at good terms with and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear over here that this should not be generalized every non muslim is not your enemy who is your enemy the one who shows animosity to you. That is your enemy. And don't be naive concerning that individual. And the person who doesn't have a problem with your religion, then, then what should you do? You should be good to them. And you should be fair with them. ilayhim. You should be fair to them. Why? Because in Allah يحب المقصطين. Indeed, Allah loves those who act justly. So be just with them. So what does this mean? Enmity is for those who show enmity to you. Don't consider those people as your friends. But those who don't show enmity to you concerning your religion, then be fair to them and be good to them. Asma'a radhiallahu anha, she said that her mother, who was a mushrika at that time, she came to visit Asma' radhiallahu anha in Medina. Alright? She came to visit her, and Asma' radhiallahu anha got worried. She said, My mother is a Mushrika. How can I let her in my house? Should I let her? And she's asked, she's coming to visit me because she wants some help, financial help. Should I help her? Can I do that? So she asked the Prophet, can I? And the Prophet said, Na'am, Sili Ummaki. Yes. Join ties with your mother. She is your mother. Why was this permission given? Because her mother was not hostile towards her with regards to her religion. You understand? So then as a mother, what was fair? That the daughter take care of her. That the daughter should help her, support her. And the Prophet ﷺ ordered her to do that. We see on the other hand, Abu Sufyan, at this time when he had come to Medina, he was not a Muslim. He was a mushrik. And he was someone who had shown enmity to the Prophet ﷺ for a very long time. But Abu Sufyan's own daughter, Umm Habiba Anha, who was she married to? The Prophet ﷺ. Right? So remember Abu Sufyan, he went to the Prophet ﷺ, went to Abu Bakr, went to Umar, went to Ali, nothing worked out, went to the masjid, nobody you know, cared about him. So he thought, might as well go visit my daughter. Right? Because he hadn't met her for almost a decade. So he went to visit her. And when he went to visit her, he tried to sit on this mat blanket or pillow or something. He tried to sit on it. And as he was about to sit on it, Um Habiba just pulled it away. She didn't let him sit on it. So he asked her, are you saving me from this or are you saving this pillow from me? Because it's just a pillow. I don't get it. Either I'm too good for it or it's too good for me. What's going on here? And she said, this belongs to the Prophet ﷺ. It's not for you to sit on. Now this is Um Habiba's own father. Why is she being like that to him? Why? Because he was someone who had shown enmity to the Muslims over and over again. But we see even over here, Umm Habiba let him in. She met him. Correct? She met him. But yes, she wasn't extra nice with him because he was an enemy. So further clarification is given over here. That, إِنَّمَا يَنْهَاكُمُ اللَّهُ Indeed, Allah only forbids you. عَنَ الَّذِينَ قَاتَلُوكُمْ فِي الدين. Allah forbids you from being good towards who? Good as in that you do favors to them. Who? Those who have fought you concerning your religion. Meaning those who are clearly your enemy. وَأَخْرَجُوكُمْ مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ And those who have expelled you from your homes. And they didn't just sit there, they weren't just happy with the fact that they had expelled you from your homes. But وَظَهَرُوا And ظَهَرُوا They aid one another ala ikhrajikum in your expulsion. Meaning they didn't just make life difficult for you and expel you. Rather they came together in order to expel you from Makkah, in order to harm you. And this is true. How often did the mushrikeen come together in order to harm the Muslims? Many times. So such people, Allah forbids you, Antawallawhum, that you make allies of them. So don't offer such favors and help them against your own brothers. وَمَنْ يتولهم, And whoever makes allies of them, فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ Then it is those who are the wrongdoers. How are they wrongdoers? Because they have their priorities messed up. They're being loyal to their enemies by being disloyal to Allah. So we see that there are three types of people. There are three types of people, three categories. First, the believers. Believers. That when a person has iman, then what does it mean? You should help them, support them, unite with them, work with them, regardless of their race, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their financial status, whoever they are. You should love them for the sake of Allah. The second group is of the... كفروا, those who deny, those who reject. But specifically, those who oppose you and hate you. So then what should you do? Offer your other cheek to them? No. You are going to defend yourself from them. You're not going to be deceived by them. Don't be naive in dealing with them. Don't expect that if you do them a favor, they're going to come help you. No, they're never going to help you. The third group is of those disbelievers who live in peace with you. They don't oppose you by their words or their actions. So what should you do? Be just with them, which means that you be likewise. That you should be good to them also. Because you see, wa ilayhim. Two things are mentioned. You be kind and generous to them. And secondly, you be fair to them. You be fair to them. So if they have shown a favor to you, you should show a favor to them. If they have supported you, you support them. You understand? And waging war against such people would be foolish. Because if they have sheltered you, not expelled you, and you turn against them, are you doing something wise or foolish? Completely foolish. You're disobeying Allah. So be fair to such people. Return their ihsan. So you see over here, clearly, the three categories are elaborated, Right? especially when it comes to the non-Muslims, two, there are two distinct groups of people. And you know our behavior towards them should not be generalized. We should be careful. And we see the justice of our deen, how just and fair and balanced our deen is. That how we are being taught over here to discipline our feelings. You see? You might dislike someone for their faith, but... They have never opposed you in your faith. You might dislike them for their actions, but they have never opposed you concerning your religion. And they are at peace with you. So what should you do? You should be good to them also. It is wrong. It is wrong that we think we can do harm to non-Muslims just because they are non-Muslim. That we can cheat them and we can lie to them, and we can put their lives in danger and harm their property just because of the fact that they are kafir. This is wrong. It goes against the spirit of the Qur'an. It goes against the teachings that our Lord has given us. I remember a person that was telling some stories about how these Muslim kids, they went to the States in order to study. And they were really, they just hated non-Muslims, basically. They were studying there. Their parents had sent them to study, but they hated non-Muslims. But because they couldn't really do or say anything, one of them, he used to work at Baskin-Robbins. And he would say that, you know, today... I spat in the servings of these many people. I mean, that's gross. And he would say that so proudly. He would say that as I'm serving them, you know, as I turn around to do whatever, I just spit into it because I hate these people. They're this and they're this and they're this and they're... This is horrible. This is horrible. Here you are, living in a country, right? benefiting from their education. Yes, you're paying for it, but you've been employed and you're being treated respectfully. You've been given your rights. And this is how you deal with others? Yeah, Yeah. Many times it happens that, you know, non-Muslim neighbors, right? You have something that you could share with them. A kind word. A greeting. You know, something. But no, no. Kafir. 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 Right? Mushrik. Mushrik. And I think they're this, and I think they're that. I mean... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that if they are at peace with you, I mean, yes, I understand. Someone, you know, they treat you bad because of your faith, then you can ignore them. But if someone is living at peace with you for the past 10 years, and they've never harmed you, in fact, many times, they bring your garbage can from the street, right? And they bring it to your driveway. Many times they do this favor to you. What should you do? Return the favor. You must do that for the sake of Allah. Allah. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses.
1: قَدْ كَانَتْ لَكُمْ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ فِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ إِذْ قَالُوا لِقَوْمِهِمْ إِنَّا بُرَآءُ مِنْكُمْ وَمِنْ لا تعبدون من دون الله كفرنا بكم وبدا بيننا وبينكم العداوه والبغضاء ابدا حتى تؤمنوا بالله وحده الا قول ابراهيم لابيه لا استغفرن لك وما املك لك من الله من شيء لقد كان لكم فيهم اسوه حسنه لمن كان يرج الله واليوم الاخر ومن يتولى فان الله هو الغني الحميد عسى الله ان يجعل بينكم وبين الذين عاديت منهم موده والله قدير، والله a wise, لا ينهاكم الله a الذين لم يقاتلوكم في الدين ولم يخرجوكم من دياركم أن تبروهم إن الله يحب المقسطين إنما ينهاكم الله عن الذين قاتلوكم في الدين وأخرجوكم من دياركم وظاهروا على إخراجكم أن تولوهم وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ فَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ